When lawyers attend a social event or engage in chit-chat after a business meeting, they often find that someone will raise a personal legal question. How should you handle the situation, consistent with your ethical duties and the duties you owe your law firm? I'm Terry Garland, and you're listening to The Portable Ethics Lawyer. Today, we're joined by Ron Reinhardt, Senior Loss Prevention Counsel at Alas. Welcome, Ron. Thanks, Terry. Glad to be here. Let's suppose that you're at a social event and you're approached by the CEO or some other employee of a firm client. She's very complimentary about the advice the firm has been giving the company on handling some excess profits, but she wonders how she should treat the payouts when filing her personal tax return. Is there any problem with giving her your thoughts on the topic? I think a lot of lawyers might think the key issue to consider here is whether you know the answer to the question. In fact, that's not really the main problem raised by this situation. The main concern is whether you're creating an attorney-client relationship with this individual. You mean that a casual conversation could turn the CEO into a client? It could. Lawyers need to know that it's really not that hard in most jurisdictions to establish a client relationship. The Restatement Third of the Law Governing Lawyers says in Section 14 that an attorney-client relationship can be formed whenever a person expresses an intention for the lawyer to provide him or her with advice and the lawyer agrees or should know that the person is reasonably relying on the lawyer to provide the advice. The key feature of this standard is that it turns mainly on the reasonable expectations of the individual on the other side of the conversation from the lawyer. There doesn't have to be an express agreement by the lawyer. And even if an attorney-client relationship isn't actually established, A cocktail party inquiry can easily create a prospective client relationship under Model Rule 1.18a. That rule provides that a person who consults with a lawyer about the possibility of forming a client-lawyer relationship with respect to a matter is a prospective client. Do you think most people would really see social chatter about a personal legal issue as reasonably intended to form an attorney-client relationship? Lawyers might not think of it that way. But the restatement says that the key issue is how the so-called client thinks about the interaction. After all, there has been a legal question posed, and the lawyer is given an answer. In those circumstances, it may be difficult to decide as a matter of law that no lawyer-client relationship was formed. And that's not the kind of clarity that lawyers would prefer in dealing with the issue. Okay, so let's assume that an attorney-client relationship could be formed or at least there could be an argument about it depending on the particular facts. Why is that such a problem, assuming that the advice you give is correct? The problem is a significant one because that new client relationship or prospective client relationship is likely to evade the firm's business intake procedures. It won't show up in future conflicts checks. So, for example, the firm could be in for a nasty surprise when it seeks to represent the company in litigation or negotiations involving that CEO or that employee. The firm will likely have none of the documentation that it would ordinarily have created to protect its rights to keep representing the company. So that's the main concern, that an individual lawyer's cocktail party legal advice will hobble the entire firm. A related concern is that the cocktail party client might give the lawyer confidential information that can also create conflicts issues especially if that information proves actually adverse to the interests of an existing firm client. Consider, for example, the dilemma 
when a lawyer represents a company and her key contact at the company comes up to her at a social event and confides that she intends to leave her employer or to sue her employer. Finally, there are subsidiary concerns about whether the lawyer gave the right advice, the possibility of dabbling, and lost billing opportunities. So what should the lawyer do? When you get a request for legal advice in a casual setting, the best course is to just say no. Like when someone asks, Hey, Ron, I got into a traffic accident and injured my leg. I can wait and see how it heals up before filing a claim, right? The best answer would be something along the lines of, I'm really sorry to hear about your injury, Jim, but I'm not a personal injury lawyer and I don't know the rules. It's a real issue, though. I might know someone, maybe even someone at my firm, who could help you. Why is that the best answer? A bunch of reasons. First, you usually can't clear conflicts at a cocktail party, which means that giving advice in that setting could result in your firm's disqualification in an important matter. Second, rarely will a casual encounter be the best setting for doing the factual and legal investigation that is often necessary to give sound legal advice. Third, in many casual settings, you could be overheard, which could imperil any privilege. Finally, consider the possibility that advice given in a casual setting may be easily misunderstood and that the chance nature of the meeting may mean that you never have a chance to explain the matters adequately. It's also worth noting that the response I suggested did not say that Jim had nothing to worry about. That's the last thing you want to suggest, since that opinion could itself constitute legal advice. Instead, my response to Jim recognized that there could be an issue in what was asked and encouraged him to get legal advice. Okay. I agree that just don't do it may be the best approach to request for casual legal advice. But Ron, let's face it. Lawyers sometimes are going to find themselves in situations where clamming up will appear rude, or in situations involving close friends, family, or possible new business leads. They may feel that a flat no isn't a realistic option. Yeah, I get that. So here are some tips to manage these difficult situations. One, try to preempt any disclosure of a confidence. The CEO pulls you aside after a meeting, and it quickly becomes clear that she wants to discuss a personal legal matter. As soon as you see that happening, say something along the lines of, Always glad to chat with you, Jennifer. Just remember, I'm the company's lawyer, so I can't promise to keep confidential anything that involves the company or other clients of my firm. If you've clearly stated that you can't maintain a confidence, it should put the brakes on her desire to give you confidential information. That's consistent with Alas's general advice for lawyers dealing with prospective clients to avoid receiving confidential information until you've cleared conflicts. Two, don't give legal advice outside your area of practice. It certainly seems that most of the time, though we haven't done any actual polling to verify that, casual inquiries for legal advice concern issues that are outside the lawyer's usual practice area. Use that to your advantage to disclaim your ability to offer legal advice. That's, of course, fully consistent with our advice not to dabble or engage in unauthorized practice of law. If the conversation continues, indicate that you're speaking not as a lawyer, but with the understanding that an ordinary person or businessman might have. Something like, Well, Jennifer, you make an interesting argument about why you shouldn't have to report on your tax returns the profits from your sale of the marijuana plants you grow down at your country place. 
That's not my area, so I can't speak as a lawyer. But I think most business people would tell you that the IRS takes a very broad view of what constitutes income. I always tell people, though, that they should consult with a tax attorney. I know some people at our firm who handle such matters and can get you their numbers if you'd like. Again, note that your response should never discourage someone from consulting a qualified lawyer about a legal issue. Rather, encourage them to seek help from someone else who is qualified to address their issue. I suppose you could do the same thing when the question concerns the law of a state where you're not admitted. Absolutely. In a lot of instances, you can just say you can't opine upon the issue because you're not familiar with the applicable law. You'll occasionally get an inquiry that's in your practice area and concerns a state in which you're licensed to practice. Tip number three is to remember that you shouldn't be giving away your expertise for free. After all, isn't that the kind of advice that the firm expects you to sell? Further, aren't questions relating to your area of expertise exactly the kind of inquiries that could create conflicts and confidentiality problems with existing or future clients? Since you can't disclaim knowledge of the law, instead point to the need for a formal consultation so you can get a thorough understanding of the facts. Something like, Jennifer, that's actually right in my field of expertise, and you raise an important issue. But there are all sorts of complications. Maybe we can get you into the office next week and can discuss it in more depth after I've had a chance to run conflicts. Not only have you possibly secured new business for the firm, but you've avoided possible mistakes resulting from giving off-the-cuff advice in an informal setting. All your good intentions aside, there may be situations where refusing to talk about a legal issue would give offense. In those situations, tip number four is to follow up with an email in which you make it clear that you're not the person's lawyer and, if appropriate, that you didn't receive any confidential information. For example, Jennifer, it was good seeing you at the board meeting last night. I'm glad you and your husband are doing so well. I was happy to give you my informal thoughts about the tax treatment of the dividend, but recall that I'm the company's lawyer, not yours, and also this is not my area of expertise, and I don't know your personal financial situation. So you shouldn't take my thoughts as legal advice. If you'd like me to, I'll be glad to ask around to get some recommended lawyers who might be able to help you. That kind of email is fully consistent with Alas's recommendation that lawyers send declined client letters when a firm's business intake process results in a determination that the firm will not take on a representation. All in all, if you keep these tips in mind, you should be able to avoid a lot of problems that can arise from unintended client relationships and from the inadvertent receipt of confidential information. Ron, thanks for being with us. It was a pleasure. Until next time, I'm Terry Garland, and this is The Portable Ethics Lawyer. This podcast is provided for educational purposes to assist lawyers in avoiding ethics violations, malpractice suits, other professional liability claims, and management liability claims. This podcast does not constitute legal advice and is not intended to establish an attorney-client relationship, nor is it intended to suggest or establish standards of care applicable to particular lawyers in any given situation. The recommendations contained in this podcast are not necessarily appropriate for every lawyer or law firm. In determining the best course of action, lawyers should consider the applicable legal authorities and all relevant facts and circumstances. Copyright 2018 by Attorneys Liability Assurance Society. All rights reserved.